Thomas Kuhn was a American historian of science, and he wrote the book, The Structure of Scientific Revolutions in 1962. Now in his book, he argued that scientific research and scientific thought are defined by paradigms, worldviews, he said, that started with theories and experiments and methods, and then scientists would accept a paradigm and try to make it larger and more accepted by redoing their theories, explaining difficult data, and then figuring out more precise ways to measure them. But then the efforts that they made would cause them to run into problems that they couldn't figure out. And then they realized that that worldview was inadequate. And then what happens next is that that old paradigm would be replaced with a new paradigm. For example, Newtonian mechanics was replaced by quantum physics and also general relativity. So he would say that those were examples of major paradigm shifts. In my mind, my opinion, Kuhn was explaining change, scientific change over history. As time moves on in our own personal history, we experience different movements and different people, different jobs and different homes. But one thing we can be sure of is that over time, a change is going to come. Welcome to the Stephen Thompson Experience. My name is Stephen Thompson, and this is my experience. I come here to use history and music to make connections with the goal of informing and educating and inspiring others to go out and live and serve and love others around them. And hopefully together, we can do our part in making our part of the world a little bit better. A change is going to come. It was recorded by the songwriter Sam Cooke, and it was on his album, Ain't That Good News, that came out in February of 1964. Then there was also a little bit of a version that was edited and released as a single in December of 64 on the B-side of a song called Shake. Now, this song, A Change is Gonna Come, was inspired by some events in Sam Cooke's life. The most prominent one was a trip that he took with his band to Louisiana. And Cooke's band went to a motel, and they were turned away. They weren't allowed to enter into that motel. And when they got upset in October of 1963, they were furious. And he was asking the manager to allow him to have a room, but they wouldn't give him a room. His wife kept telling him, look, they'll kill you. And Sam Cook said, they're not going to kill me. I'm Sam Cook. So they left and they drove away. And when they did get to another motel in downtown Shreveport, Louisiana, the police were waiting for them and they were arrested for disturbing the peace. The newspaper out of New York 
The New York Times ran a story that said Negro band leader held in Shreveport. Now, African-Americans were outraged when this happened. And in 2019, the Shreveport mayor, Adrian Perkins, apologized to the Cook's family for the event and posthumously awarded Cook the key to the city because Sam Cook had been dead for many years in 2019. Cook was moved by the amount of racism that was occurring in America and that he was experiencing himself. And he was inspired, in fact, by Bob Dylan's song, Blowing in the Wind. So he wanted to write his own song. And when he also heard Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech and watched the Civil Rights March in Washington, he had told his people that that song, A Change is Gonna Come, came to him in a dream that he was having. So looking for change, experiencing change, trying to find change in the midst of difficult circumstances. So Mifflin Gibbs was born in Philadelphia in the 1820s, and he started out working at eight years old. Then in his early 20s, he became an ad physicist, activist in the abolition movement, and he worked with Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass allowed him to help out on the underground, underground Railroad, and he was able to get an education outside of the classroom by a lot of African-American intellectuals at the time, and he himself became a powerful writer, and he moved in the 1850s to San Francisco, and he was able to work as a merchant, and he founded a Black newspaper called Mirror of the Times. And he was a leading member, leading member of the city's African-American community. In the 1850s, he moved to British Columbia, which was a part of a larger part of African-Americans who were looking for more equality. And they thought they could find it under the British flag. And when he arrived there, he prospered. He started as a merchant. Then he became a property developer, a contractor, an elected politician. In the 1860s, he was elected to the city council in British Columbia and became only the second black elected official in Canada and only the third elected anywhere on the North American continent. He came back in the United States in 1859 and got married and he studied at Oberlin College and he worked on a coal mine that built British Columbia's first railroad. He got separated in the 1860s and came back to the United States in the 1870s, and he studied law at Oberlin. Then he toured the reconstructed South, and he settled in Little Rock, Arkansas, and he became the first black elected judge in the United States. He also was appointed by President William McKinley in 1897 to be the U.S. Consul in Madagascar. He served there for four years and because of health reasons, came back to the United States and went back to Little Rock and he opened the Capital City Savings Bank and he became a partner in Little Rock's electric light company, gained control of several pieces of real estate and supported many charitable causes. And at the age of 92, 
1915, he passed away a very wealthy man. So Mifflin Giggs, Gibbs was so successful over time. And over time, he changed different careers. He changed roles. He changed cities that he lived in. Change. And each time he changed, he brought a bit of himself with the successful part. Some lyrics from the song. It's been a long, a long time coming, but I know a change is going to come. Oh, yes, it will. So change, what do we think of it? How do we approach it? When do you decide to make a change? Do you make a change when the pain is too great? Do you make a change when you're bored? Do you make a change when you need a challenge? Change is a guarantee in our lives. How we approach it, how we show up will determine how well we do in it. Change can be painful or it could be joyful. You know, through our, our lives, we're going to experience both. We can't control the world around us or many of the situations or circumstances we engage in. Here's the truth. The world has an impact and an effect on our being, our emotional and mental state. And we should not feel bad or ashamed if we react to change with negative internal emotions or we pine for something more positive. But you know what? When we make the decision to change, to learn a new way, to set a new course forward, where we go and what we do when we put ourselves on the road to change, it could go well or it could even go bad. But you know what? I do think it can go better if we decide that we are going to change. And in our change, we're going to move towards contributing and towards helping others. Thank you for listening to the Stephen Thompson Experience. I come to educate, inform, and inspire. And my hope is that you will decide to lead with the skills and the gifts that you You can find me and my two books on Amazon. I have a web page where I blog several times a week. You can also listen to other episodes of this podcast. It is Black History Month. There are many African-American heroes you may not have heard of throughout history who have been successful regardless of how they have been treated. So check it out, The Stephen Thompson Experience. Thank you again for listening. Check out my two books on Amazon. I have a YouTube channel. Do YouTube videos every week, Saturdays, talking about creativity and also drinking coffee, which I love to do as well. So have a great week. Thank you for listening to Stephen Thompson Experience. Have a great one. Goodbye. Take care.